0: Hello, welcome to this week's Pinkham.com Norwich City podcast, where we are looking back on a 2 0 defeat at Brighton, a fifth defeat in six games, and unfortunately, plenty to be worried about from a Canary's point of view. I am David Freezer, and I'm alongside Paddy Davitt, and our video guru, as he must be known, Tony Thrussell. And uh, we'll try and keep it light to an extent. Uh, well, let's kick off with our journey down. We did it a slightly different way, didn't we? we uh, Took the train down to Brighton, so down to Liverpool Street, Tube, and then the uh, train down south, and uh, it was quite lively, wasn't it, Tony?
1: Yeah, obviously, the train set off at bang on nine o'clock, just as the rugby was kicking off. We both had our phones, I mean, we were in pairs, thankfully, so we all got to watch the rugby.
0: Because one woman insisted on sitting at a table, despite seeing that there was four of us together, but whatever, whatever.
1: Yeah, yeah, I mean... Yeah, she was making small talk, but we were just trying to watch the game. <laughs> you know?
0: go away! It's our table. <laughs> but,
1: I mean, once we got out of Norfolk, the signal held. It's just that's twenty, thirty minutes getting out of Norfolk. We we were just buffering a lot, weren't we? That was a bit of a pain, wasn't it, Paddy?
2: It certainly was, pal. Yeah, there was a moment where Owen Farrell was about to take a kick and it <laughs> froze, which wasn't the dream. But as the, that sadly game panned out, it wasn't the worst to have intermittent coverage. It was more interesting on the second train journey, boys
0: second train journey yeah the rugby was rugby was disappointing you know I'm a big rugby fan I didn't feel part of the final at all really just watching on that I was thinking that there might have even been a little bit of atmosphere on the train because we were sharing a carriage with uh, a few Norwich fans sort of guys who look like they're in there. 20s, 30s, whatever, and that they looked like they might have had a little bit of interest in it, but that didn't really materialise. But yeah, it got a bit lively, didn't it, when we got on the train from Farringdon down to Brighton, where again there was some Norwich fans on that, and what we think may have been a hen party on their it way was to a, Brighton.
1: A birthday, because yeah. one of the t-shirts said 40th birthday. Okay, so I'm assuming it was a birthday. Mm-hmm. But yeah, it was a, a group of. Um, I guess Londoners heading down to Brighton for a birthday celebration. Probably middle-aged ladies, would you say? Yeah, I guess so. And then, uh, unfortunately, there was a middle-aged Norfolk man. We could tell from the accent. <laughs> he definitely um, could. And the
0: style of his jokes. Yes. Well, jokes in, quite much.
1: Yeah, but uh, yeah, he did sort of shame our county... <laughs> quite half an hour on that train didn't he
0: we we won't be repeating what he was saying but it was quite embarrassing (laughs) knowing that he was a Norbit fan these women clearly wanted him to uh, leave them alone thankfully he didn't overstep the mark did he he didn't get himself in any trouble but he was was not being too well behaved
2: lewd I would describe
1: it as a lewd performance shameful I just hope he wasn't like that in the stadium but I'm sure he was
0: <laughs> mm. We shall see. I presume he had a few early beers with the World Cup final, but from there it got even more fun, didn't it? And I've have n- never been in a monsoon or anything in in Japan, but I guess that is what 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 uh, rainfall feels like uh, during a monsoon. Because we walked what five minutes tops from Falmer, Stadi- uh, Falmer Station to the stadium, and by the time we got there, we were literally clothes clinging to us, mm. soaked through, weren't we?
2: Drenched biblical and it was a heavy old wind as well i thought we'd never get inside the stadium i thought we'd never make it and uh good hour or two before we dried out although to our alarm then we discovered where the seating plan was and where the uh, where the away media would be situated and we feared the worst because we were going to be right in the eye of
1: hurricane whatever it was hurricane more mm. pie who scored, he, he <laughs> scored really. it. Yeah. but uh yeah, on, on the point the, that's
0: the podcast name sorted
1: <laughs> we've got to get a name haven't we no on the point of getting soaked i did spend about 10 minutes in the gents with the hand dryer just trying to dry my my <laughs> socks i took my shoes and socks off and was holding them so the air would get into did them you, so yeah. i just had soaked feet
0: that's when you want a former pro to walk in yeah. isn't it like Chris Kamara or someone <laughs> just yeah. be like
1: what are you doing <laughs> just alright Kamara was there again he was at Bournemouth he was he was doing the Norwich rounds yeah he must be really enjoying watching Norwich at the minute it's a graveyard shift I think isn't it <laughs> <laughs> well,
0: we, we were bang up for the football weren't we to be fair the food was alright so at least we, we warmed up a little bit I don't think I felt dry until I was on the tube on the way home to no I, it was nice to get into bed when I got home I've got to say <laughs> I think we've put it off as far as we can. We are going to have to talk about the football. Um, as I say, a fifth defeat in six games. It is definitely concerning now. It's still just one goal in six Premier League away games. Seven, if you include that League Cup game at Crawley. Um, and one point, of course, which was the 0-0 at Bournemouth previously. But this was a performance that, as I sort of summed it up in my video verdict afterwards, it's not. this isn't one where... Fans are going to be stood on the sidelines saying, "Oh, they're just throwing in the towel. They're not trying. They're not working hard." You can't level that at the players. There's plenty of plenty of effort, plenty of hard work, but the quality is sadly lacking, isn't it, Pat? Uh,
2: yes, but are they also, to me, which is within their gift. You know, you might brutally say they don't have enough good players at this level compared to some other teams because they they look to be a golfing quality between them and Brighton and Brighton are by no stretch one of the better teams in this league. But they just look like they're playing a different game to the rest of this league, you know, and it isn't effective. It's not getting them goals. It's, it's not keeping them out of the other end. They've come up with a very uh fixed idea of how Daniel wants to play. Very effective in the championship, isn't effective in the Premier League. Bar Man City, Bar Newcastle, bar glimpses within games, you know, even I thought the first twenty minutes they, they look like they're in the game, they look like it's quite an even contest. Then a bit like Crystal Palace, the other team presses the button, on comes the power, on comes the physicality and the speed and the intensity and Norwich can't handle it and then, then it becomes the Tim Krul show, can he continue to keep them out almost single-handedly and the two goals that ultimately decided it, well that's just embarrassing to get done on two set pieces essentially Um But that's what's going to happen because they're just under stress all the time. Another team who've carved out 21-plus chances on Norwich's goal. You don't have to be a uefa A qualified coach to know if you're coughing up 21 chances to a Premier League team, more often than not, there will be a Man City along the line. But more often than not, it will be a defeat. And that's a trend that needs to change and change quickly.
0: Yeah, and it felt like there was a lot of it that was self-inflicted like literally two minutes in Kenny McLean stray pass and Norwich run in, in trouble Jamal Lewis turns into trouble doesn't he gets robbed by Montoya and uh, they get through Teddy heads onto his own uh, the roof of his own net he completely misjudges another header McLean another wayward header which Krull eventually has to sort of punt out of play because he's um, he's then under pressure all that stuff mixed in with Emi Buendia particularly was the one who was cold ball on Saturday uh being so wasteful with opportunities you know, doing a lot of the good build-up play but then trying to beat four men trying to do it all himself not then looking for a teammate when he's in the final third I felt like all that combined that after that initial good start with Marcus Steepman hitting the bar of course with a very good effort it felt like just even on the pitch that the players had sort of lost faith in themselves because that second half was totally different wasn't it? They weren't they weren't competitive with Brian at all
1: No, I mean as much as they were kind of under the caution the first half especially the last five minutes there was about oh, six yeah. chances for Brighton it was absolute chaos wasn't it um, you, there was still sort of a glimmer obviously with the Steepenman chance that they're still in this game but the second half they just offered nothing did they and that as you said at the start is the most concerning thing for us for obviously Daniel and more importantly for the fans because at the end of the day they're the ones that you've got to keep on side I mean for all the credit they've got from last season if the fans start to murmur I don't think that's going to happen but that's when you start asking the questions about January about the summer transfer window about changes to the, to these heroes these players are heroes after yeah. last season but sadly sometimes people forget all the good when the bad comes don't they?
0: Uh, again just emphasises the the huge step up doesn't it I mean 7 points after 11 games 2nd from bottom 4 points adrift of Everton who are the team in that final place of safety Um, that's you know it's not terminal obviously there is plenty of time if Norwich start performing as we all thought that they could do at this level and and as they have shown glimpses they've clearly still got the time to sort it but I think it I think it's fair to to sort of panic over it a little bit because they are they look way short of it at the moment. If they continue as they are at the moment, they are definitely going to get relegated. There's no doubt about that. So they've got to get on top of it. Just to take a a step back uh, slightly, there were three changes weren't there. Um Ibrahim Amadou wasn't fit enough to start, so Alex Tete had to play in central defense which you know, as a big ask of him, that meant Tom Tribal uh, coming into uh, midfield in his place. Marcus Steepen replaced Mo Leitner. He got the uh, the opportunity to start. And the other change was... Uh, it's Excuse me, who, got, uh, who went...
1: Tribal was
0: in. Tribal was in. Teddy went back. Steven. Was It, it was Campwell dropping out, I suppose, wasn't that it? Fennel was Han- Han- yeah. Anders? that's the one that I've not said. So those were the changes Daniel made. And... Uh, first half Hernandez and Steepman did, did offer some um, positives but Steepman was taken off 75th minute uh, replaced by Dermich, and he looked pretty knackered by that point and it was surprising that Hernandez finished the full 90 as well wasn't it
2: well given the backdrop yeah the old uh, baby dash to the Portland in London so uh, but needs must because we he looks at that bench now, and it's been, it was proven Saturday decisively, You know, there's not a game-changer on that bench. Um, in contrast to Leandro Trozard, trots on, gets the first goal, and it's his free-kick that Duffy slots for the second. A game-changing intervention from the Brighton manager. So, yeah, we can go round and round and round, but ultimately it, it might just boil down to this group of players aren't good enough. There isn't the depth, there isn't the quality. The richness, yes, there's quality individuals, but as a collective, um, and that is underlined when you know Daniel's looking to change it from the bench, and with the greatest respect, Shrubeny and Dermich don't don't convince that they have it in them to to change a game, and uh, Campbell needed to be dropped out because his performance levels, understandably, have just dipped. Um, so, and ultimately, as I say, you know, it does does look increasingly like that this group of players isn't going to be good enough uh, unless there's a radical change in approach, both with the coaches and with the players as well. You know, they're talking a good game. Kenny McLean was very um, forensically uh, analytical when he spoke to you after the game, Dave. But uh, for me, it's not about hearing what they know is going wrong. We need to see evidence now. You know, this isn't one or two games. This is five or six games now since Man City. Um and they still seem to be committing the same errors both ends of the pitch so yeah it's not a time to get too carried away I mean we're only 10-11 games in but reality is they look what they are at the minute which is a team in nineteenth position in the table
0: Yeah let's just um, analyse the goals a little bit as well then before we come on to Daniel Parker's Hoover comments which were uh... Quite strange. We'll play you then. We will play you a bit of that Kenny McLean interview as well. He was um, he was a man who, uh, well, the frustration was really etched on his face while he was uh, speaking to myself and Chris Gorham after the game. Um, the first goal comes from a throw-in, doesn't it? Out on the right, nice little passing triangle, simple little passing triangle. And then Montoya gets the ball past Jamal Lewis far too easily, doesn't he?
2: Well, I mean, you break it down, it's an horrendous goal from Norwich's point of view. As Daniel rightly said, you know, there was a break in play, I think there'd been an injury or treatment, and so they've just knocked off for, for that minute, minute and a half that the ball was out of play. Um, they just haven't retained the levels of concentration and focus because uh, at this level, Premier League level, uh, a quick one-two from a throw, a ball whipped into the near post, and then Trozard getting the jump on Ben Godfrey—not for the first time I might add this season. Have we seen that? And then to compound it, Daniel uh, it avails us all in the post-match presser so that all week drilled it in that how good they are on the near post with runs. So it was wasn't something Norwich wasn't expecting yet. They still were unable to to slot it, and it was a fine finish, to be fair, because he was quite a way beyond the near post. But entirely avoidable goal, and if that was bad, well, the second is just um, Sunday morning.
0: Yeah, it all unfolds right in front of us, where we are, as you said at the, at the top of the show, and we were sat at the front of the press box, weren't we? So. The uh, two replacements come on, Camwell and Srebreni, come on for Tribal and Tetti. So it's Daniel making an attacking change, despite the fact that Brighton are about to deliver a free kick from near the halfway line on uh, Norwich's right-hand side. Um, Trossard, Belgium international, is back from injury for for Brighton, uh, supposedly a very good player. Uh, And his delivery, again, was very, very good. deep, beyond all the Norwich players, but it's just the disorganisation at this goal, isn't it? They they don't seem to have adjusted to the fact that those two substitutes have just come on. Looking at the replay, you've got O'Neill Hernandez pointing at someone, Josip Dermic just looking around, not sure where he's supposed to be, Cantwell and Trebeni just sort of go into the mix and not quite sure, and you've got Lewis Dunk and Shane Duffy, two serious aerial presences, certainly they were in the Championship and they've been pretty good in the Premier League, stood there, unmarked, and have a free run. It was... It was really, really poor, wasn't it?
1: Yeah, and um, in th- in fairness to Daniel, he did hold his hands up to that in the press conference, mm-hmm. didn't he? He's, he said he never, ever changes, makes changes during a set piece, but he wanted to speed things up. And then you could just see when it went in, he just turned around and knew instantly he'd made a mistake there. But at the same time, the players have obviously been briefed who their man is. But, yeah. I mean, Norwich seemed to do a bit of both, don't they? Zonal and man but yeah it's it's just a classic case of when your confidence is shot, everything's going against you, and it's kind of one of those if if they'd gotten away with that, then whoever whoever's man that was would have been like feud, but every now and again that goes in, and that's when the fingers get pointed.
0: You're right, Daniel. His body language immediately suggested oh, no, I've, I've made a mistake here. But you know, as players, if they're good enough to play in the Premier League, they should be able to organise themselves to defend a deep free kick from near halfway. This isn't somebody taking a shot of golf in twenty-five yards, is it? It's. I'm not sure if they were trying to play offside, maybe, but certainly in that situation, you shouldn't be doing that, should you? I mean,
1: what you said about organising—that seems to be a problem in Norwich. They haven't really. Teddy went off. Yeah. He's the captain um, the the old head, the leader. They haven't really got anyone who Godfrey aside, but I mean he's he's a young lad. You want you want a couple of people that've been there, done that really in that squad, especially marshalling at set pieces, and Norwich just don't have that in the squad at all, do they?
0: No, and you saw Teddy come on straight away at full time, raging still about that goal. I pre- presume I, you know, I can hear what he was saying, but he was straight in the ear of Pookie and Steepham and sort of saying, "What's gone on there?" And um, they didn't seem particularly keen to chat to him. But there was a, there were a few spiky moments like that during the game, weren't there? In terms of players eh, having heated words, you know, we've got pictures of McLean and Lewis arguing after the uh, after the first goal, haven't we? And yeah. You know, that passion is there I suppose that's good As long as it's directed In the right way But um, after the game Daniel rolls out This Hoover analogy Doesn't he Pad? <laughs> Did you that, that must have Shot you a little bit As you sat there You weren't expecting To be doing about Hoovers
2: No that wasn't Really where I thought he'd go With his press It was a bit Cantonar And tr- seagulls And trawlers But uh, <laughs> essentially You boiled it down And what he was Talking about Is they have to Retain And now this is Throwing it forward Of course to next game Friday Watford Bright, uh, Watford Cairo positivity they still have to retain it we're talking at length here about how they look short in too many areas and the frustration on the pitch and players having a pop at each other Daniel more or less was trying to suggest put that to one side we need to go again and if we retain that positivity much like a Hoover salesman if you get 10 doors closed in your face the 11th might open and in you go and uh, you might make a sale or two so I think he's more or less saying, you know, what's gone before can't influence or colour the vibe going into these next few games because, you know, he will know as as we all do. You get a positive result against Watford, then the world will see a brighter place. And then, important to point out as well, it, it leads straight into another international break. What you don't want is another two weeks to stew on. Heaven forbid Watford getting a positive result. So the mood music can change in 90 minutes. Essentially, is is what he's talking about. But. There isn't a lot of evidence to compel you to think that is going to happen anytime soon. But, um, you know, this this is a big game for many reasons. And despite that came, that answer about the Hoover came after he basically said, well, I've been asked ten times about Watford already and it isn't a big game in the context of the season because it's just another three points. But I think the reality is he's, he's been in England long enough that he knows that this will be packaged as quite a pivotal potential game against the team who are right there in the
1: mix with them. Just to add to that we spoke about it after the game a lot of these players for Norwich haven't really experienced defeats or like long periods of losses have they Aarons for example
0: Buendia yeah, yeah
1: they, they've they only really known uh, countless wins so now this is a first for Daniel with this group of players really isn't it
0: mm. yeah it's a real test we did speak to Max as well and he wasn't quite as strong as, as Kenny McLean uh, was but um, he was clearly very disappointed as well but Tim Krull uh, did some club media as well, didn't he? And he, he didn't hide away from the fact that the Watford game is massive at all. He, said, he called it a massive game. So Daniel may want to try and play it down, but I, I don't think you can play this one down. If they don't get a foothold in the Premier League from this one, then th- that international break is going to be real real sorry two weeks. Anyway, that's what we thought of what Daniel said. Let's have a little listen to that Hoover analogy. About the next game, that is Watford.
2: Will, will that get big, built up into an even bigger game now? Because they're obviously a team right down there with you.
3: Yes, but not for us. So it's eleventh game day, and since ten times I heard already, it's a, next week is an unbelievable big game, and and each every game, if I'm honest, is unbelievable big uh, on uh, on this level. And yeah, of course, for that we will be greedy to to um, be there with good preparation. I told the lads already. We need we need a bit the mentality during this season of uh, of hoover sellers uh, because you have to ring many many doors until you sell in hoover, and this is exactly the mentality we need uh, at the moment. So it's more like if this this um yeah, last results drag us down too much or we are too disappointed and we are coming to the next door and look already disappointed and look, doesn't look, don't look classy. It's more, there's no chance to sell the hoover. So you have to make sure that for each of the game you look sharp and you look brave and you're fully convinced and you are, try to be there to, at your best in order to sell one. And uh, then there will be uh, the door when you sell not just one, but uh, even a few hoovers. And, but uh, we have to have this mentality and this is quite important, especially for a newly promoted side. And uh, this will also be crucial for the next month.
0: quick bit of housekeeping you will hopefully remember that we set a quiz question last week we had a couple of decent prizes um for those of you who've been collecting your for your official norwich city sticker book we got todd Campwell and ben godfrey to sign uh their own stickers when we um interviewed them recently so we've got them to give away um i set a, a little teaser I uh, didn't want to make it too easy and i think it succeeded because we had had a fair few answers, but not too many uh, were correct, so um, narrowed it down. But basically, the, the teaser was that who, who am I? I'm a former Norwich City player, played in the 1990s, made 87 appearances, scored 10 goals and also played for Middlesbrough and Coventry. And that man was Keith O'Neill, no less Irish winger who, uh, of course, had uh, great ability but injuries um, held his career back. Um, I've picked out two winners here, Tony, and I'm going to ask you to pick one of these pieces of paper, and the first person will get the Ben Godfrey sticker, Ooh, so ben
4: Godfrey.
0: try your luck. It's all in Tony's hands. And the winner is... We have a Mr. Peter Story. There you go. Peter gets the Ben Godfrey sticker, which means Abby Linstead gets the Todd Campwell sticker so i will be in touch with both of you to get your addresses and we'll get them sent out to you so congratulations for them and hopefully that gives you a bit of a unique spin to your uh, sticker book although i'd have thought that a few people are probably taking their sticker books along to games to try and get a few autographs at the moment so
1: next prize is a hoover (laughs) maybe (laughs) hoover salesman
0: get in touch which segues nicely into me reminding you that this podcast is brought to you by archant podcast and if you would like to sponsor us or advertise on the show then please do get in touch with matt.withers at archant.co.uk this is your podcast as much as it is ours so if you ever want to get in touch with us you can drop us an email to the at archant.co.uk or you know where we are on social media that is enough of that stuff back to uh, the players and we'll play you a bit of kenny mclean in just a moment and he's been quite well he's been very strong with his words in, in the clip that we're going to play you here and one of the cruxes of his argument was that they were, they've got a top striker in Timu Puki with brilliant movement who they're letting down and they're not giving him the uh, chances but there were a lot of um, sort of harsh words in terms of we've got to look in the mirror we've got to take a long hard look at ourselves those sort of you could say sort of cliched things for when uh, things are going wrong for a football team but it's still good to hear them said isn't it because it shows that they're aware of it I sort of disagree with him to an extent in terms of it's not that I don't think they are not working hard. I don't think they're not trying. I don't think their attitude is wrong. I think if you look at Saturday um, just as the one example of a game, it's that they didn't have that clarity of thought. They weren't calm enough. Buendia summed it up perfectly for me in that he got into some great positions, like the one he was in the box, where. He gets a little bit of a touch and he goes down trying to win a penalty, rather than just you know lash the ball at goal, try and look for a deflection, try and find Pookie in amongst the the defenders, try try your luck, try and make something happen, rather than something like that. And there were too many images, instances where they were wasteful with opportunities. So, how, what do you think of, of of those comments, Pad? Do you, you think he's sort of got a point into in? in being so harsh at this point. I mean, he's not the first one, is he? Alex Tetty did it after the Man United game. Max, of course, has done it here as well. They're, they're, they're not pulling any punches, are they, Norwich, to be fair to them?
2: Oh, and, and as I say, that's a, that's a real positive of this group of players, that they are that self-aware. You know, there's plenty of previous Norwich squads who might look around at other people rather than at themselves, what they could do better. Um, and not all that long ago either as well in the Premier League era. But the reality is... That you're talking about Buendia there, and I don't recall him doing what he was attempting at Brighton too often last season, which was almost Maradona esque, trying to take on three or four players. Yeah. That to me is him going off the script and trying to be a little bit off the cuff because he's frustrated that it isn't working, but that isn't really what his game is about. I mean, you touched on the, the Kenny McLean referring to Timu and the better service what he was about last season and we saw it in the best parts of this season the Liverpool goal for Pukie the Newcastle the Chelsea slipping balls quickly down the side of centre centre for, centre back Sorry, to capitalise on Pukie's movement which is excellent and for whatever reason I don't know just the scrambled thinking collectively in that squad now is Pukie seems to be coming back towards the play you've got Buendia running up cul just picking those two out but you could go through the whole of that team and They're not really doing... I mean, it's all right saying they've come up with this style of play and how they want to play, but I don't think they're playing the way that we saw them in the Championship last season. It's a little bit too, um, you know, gone off on a tangent for me. And and the reality is the best way to get back to what they have done is to basically I'd almost go and look at some of the tapes of last season and the football they played. And, okay, they're playing better players now, but... The whole issue about the high press; these teams now are, are, are frenetic, ferocious in the pressing, and all that's happening is hot potato syndrome. Norwich's defenders are having to launch it towards Puka, who's got Donkin Duffy for company. He's not going to win balls there, so he's coming straight back. What was happening a lot better last season was they're moving it forward quicker. You know, getting it into tribal, getting him on the turn, getting it through the thirds a lot quicker. And for me, I don't really understand why Daniel and his coaches don't see that because if I could see it then it should be fairly obvious that they're not doing the things that got them into this league last season and, and okay it might be that they've tried to do that in games and it hasn't come off because they're playing against better players and better tactical templates as well but I think they're now in danger of going too far the other way and, and if you've got Buendia trying to beat four and five players well that's not going to happen if you've got Pookie. Coming deeper and deeper because he's frustrated. No, that's that's it needs to be a reset and look at the things that worked so well for this Daniel Farker side last season and just try and implement them again. Essentially, Daniel's already touched on this. You know, I remember after the Burnley game, he said when again they were done with a high press um, and the game was 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 over, and instead of basically taking them to task, he said, "Well, what were they?" Didn't do was stick to the plan and believe in the philosophy and believe in playing it out quicker and almost back, back what he wants them to do and and I get the sense that that is where we are again now two or three further games down the line that the reality is they came up playing a certain style of football they need to stick to that because they, if they go the other way it's not going to work you know as he said you, we haven't got defenders that we can park a bus and a Sheffield United uh, seemingly on this league and grind out clean sheets sadly Norwich don't have those type of players, so you can't go that way but you certainly can't go the route they seem to be going at the minute which is too individual, uh, too disjointed, uh, trying, to, trying to almost, which is a commendable trait if you're Buendia, he's trying to make things happen so you can't knock him for that but if he's going out of the structure of what they're trying to do then it's it's counterproductive because it's not working so go back to what got you into this league and just stick with it. And if it's not good enough at the end of the season then fair enough it's not good enough, but at least you've tried to attack the Premier League with the style of football that got you into the Premier League. At the minute we're not seeing that. That what we saw on Saturday isn't isn't the way that Norwich City were playing last season in the Championship. Um you know launching balls from the back or getting turned over or individual Runs down into blind alleys. We didn't see that last season, so you know, for me, it's and it's difficult because you're caught up in the maelstrom. Then you add in the, the injuries, which are justifiable mitigation. It is tough, but they do need to reset, I think, and just go back to basics almost.
0: Yeah, we Well, we better let Pad catch his breath. That was one almighty run. I think Norwich fans will like hearing that. Let's um, let's hear the uh, let's hear the Kenny McLean audio. We teed it up uh, rather a lot there, so here's what Kenny had to say.
4: It's a tough game against them. A very good opponent but uh, we need to look at ourselves and see what we can do more it, it seemed um, Brighton, Brighton enjoyed the game a lot more than us anyway they enjoyed playing to the ball um, creating chances and we were the total opposite it just it just looked like hard work for us from uh, you, you know towards the end of the first half we, we've done well and um, they started to create a couple of chances so it was like a wake up call towards the end of the first half when we were in a game, um, and then the second half we just didn't really stand for authority on the game, and and they did. fair play play them, a, as I say, it's a really good team, um, and we just we just didn't do enough. Um, Trying to think, of it, save that the keeper made, and nothing springs to mind. Tim agains made a couple of excellent saves, and still, still we find ourselves on the on the losing side of the Game.
1: From true crime to football, Brexit to folklore. For more great podcasts from Archant, head to audioboom.com slash channel slash Archant.
0: OK, so looking at results elsewhere then, um, it was looking quite bad at, at various points during Saturday because uh, Villa were leading Liverpool, Southampton were leading Manchester City, um, but thankfully it didn't end up being too bad. I mean, Newcastle got a cracking result, didn't they? They went um, went away and won 3-0 at West Ham. They were just such a Jekyll and Three Hyde two. side. 3-2, sorry. Yeah, they sorry they came back, didn't Snodgrass they? Um, yeah, that was a good finish from Snodgrass. And uh, yeah, Villa were beaten 2-1 by Liverpool later on. Everton got a point against... Spurs um, one one draw at Goodison, uh with uh, that horrible injury for for Andre Gomez. Uh, Southampton eventually losing at Manchester City um, and Watford were beaten two one at home uh, by Chelsea in the late kickoff on Saturday. So um, yeah, Norwich four points adrift. So again, that reemphasises that you know nothing nothing is done here. There's plenty of time for them to turn things around. And frankly, if that if they're going to do that, then they've got the best possible opportunity to do that on. Uh, on Friday night when Watford come to Carrow Road um, bottom of the table five points they've already changed manager so far this season they've only scored six goals they're yet to win which I'm sure probably worries a lot of Norwich fans in a certain point of view but the the one that catches my eye is seeing Sheffield United up in six beating Burnley 3-0 that that probably sticks in the craw for quite a lot of Norwich fans doesn't it?
1: Uh, Yeah definitely because i you always compare yourself to the other teams that come up don't you yeah. um, whether they'll tail uh, tail off once. What, how many points are they on
0: they are on 16 points from 11 games yeah. so yeah they've a, a full 9 more than Norwich so it's always get to 20 points as quick as you can and then
1: I think Burnley have done it before where they got to sort of say 30 points by January February and then
2: Bournemouth have been a bit of like that in recent yeah. seasons and then
1: you tail off and, and it's a real struggle to get the, the points but um, I mean wasn't there a season was it Hewton's season where the start was very bad like they didn't win for say seven games or something like that isn't there, I uh,
0: Can't remember off the top of my head. I mean, they had that ten game unbeaten run in Houghton's first season, yeah. didn't they? Which basically sort of teed up yeah. the the whole season. Uh, and, but I mean, it, it, the second season was was pretty poor for out, wasn't it? So. Yeah.
1: I mean, it, this what's happening with Norwich now reminds me of uh, the seventeen eighteen season um, at Swansea when I, I was there, um, and they got three wins in in the first twenty games, and it was it just got to a point where you were going to games just expecting to lose and you don't want to get into that mentality do you the the fans especially because that translates onto the pitch if if there's no atmosphere then I mean so what managers is that then so that was Clement um, oh yeah yeah. and then Carlos Carvajal came in I think that was the 22nd game which he won and then basically they had a good January and February Um, but it was like a two-month period between the second and the third win. And and for me, the Watford game, I, a draw, I'd say, is worse than a loss in a weird way because a draw kind of papers over it. But if they lose, then surely that's when the board or that's when Weber are going to say, OK, we need to fix this in January. Um, if they win, great. But a draw, I just feel like, sometimes isn't the best result. A loss... Mm-hmm. Really, hands home that we're in trouble, doesn't
0: it? Well, it certainly would do. Let's hope uh, so that doesn't it might happen. Be crazy, there. I mean, it take the point
1: you.
0: <laughs> well, I mean, a point is always good in the Premier League, and they're still not that far behind. The you know, that a point per game, um, that's what they need to get back towards, isn't it? If you're gonna, if you're gonna achieve safety, or, or roughly anyway. But on the pitch, um, can we see any any changes? Really, I mean. I think Buendia could do with a, a, a stint on the bench to be frank just to remind him he's not undroppable because you know there were still good points from him and he was still the most creative player that's the thing I can't see Daniel doing that because he, he needs Emi Buendia to fire Like there was one late on wasn't it, where he slipped Yossi Dermich into the box and uh, Dermich hesitated too long And sh- That's my point
2: Dave go, I'm not going to go on a rant again but that's my <laughs> point and there was another one where, where he a lovely threaded ball through for Arnell in a similar position in the second half and he First heavy touch Chance gone But what were they They were two Superbly weighted Right timing as well Passes That's his game His game isn't Maradona mm. Sadly But his game is that So just As you say Strip it back For that man Strip it back And just look to get in the areas of the pitch Where he can do that And if he does that I think in a Premier League he's He's got the quality That he can open up defences Yeah,
0: Once he's got that confidence flowing again Yeah Yeah um... You know how many assists did he get last year? It was thirteen in the league, wasn't it? So um, yeah, that's what you want to construct. So I can't see Daniel doing that. And if the, I would have thought the only real other option would be either to play Todd Cantwell on the right or, or you know Hernandez and Cantwell on the wings, or I hesitate to say these two words, but Patrick Rubbers. What what is going on there? Because Norwich fans are clearly getting frustrated with the situation. It's it's now Marcus Edwards part two, isn't it? And. Is he going to get an opportunity? If he's not going to get an opportunity, then why is he? Why is he, he He was there. He was there on Saturday, wasn't he? We saw him. He had travelled with the squad. He, he walked through the mix zone with, with the players. So he was in contention for the bench. Um, I'd like to see him on the bench at the very least because at least he's something different. I mean, in the situation they're in, if if Friday night were to be going badly and they need a spark, then there aren't too many options. I'd rather see Patrick Roberts given a chance than Dennis Trebenny coming off the bench. I've got to be honest. Mm-hmm. Um, what about you Pat yeah I don't think there's too many
2: disagree and, and every passing game where they're not getting a result it's very it's increasingly hard for Farker to justify why a guy who's at Manchester City who's gone for big money in his career who's clearly got ability um, is not even in your 18 that's, that's a very difficult situation for Farker um, yeah all day long I mean uh you say Marcus Edwards, I'm afraid that's the way it's heading. It will end up in a Marcus Edwards mutually knocking it on the head maybe in January because Patrick Roberts came in to further his career with Premier League appearances. If that's not happening, he's not winning. Norwich thought they were bringing in a very high-quality player who could, who could add something to their mix going forward. If that's not happening, Norwich aren't winning. So cut your losses, and that also then frees up potentially a loan option for Norwich in January. So for many reasons but the period between now and January is massive on many levels but particularly for that man as well because you know what's the point in him sat on the bench for Norwich when he could go and play football elsewhere and it would be a shame because the little bits and pieces we saw all be in pre-season you're not telling me he couldn't add a little bit more than a Schrobeni even than a Dermich, from what I'm seeing so far so yeah but ultimately Daniel makes the call and um and that call clearly is that he doesn't trust him enough at the minute to put him in his eighteen.
0: Yeah, it's going to be really interesting because if he doesn't come into it now, then he's not going to come into it, is he? But otherwise, I guess you've got Amadou to come back into things. Hey, presuming that nothing goes wrong in training this week, that he's sort of fit enough to, to start again, you would expect him to come back in alongside, alongside Ben Godfrey. And then, for me, I mean, I, I know it's been sort of pushed as a four-one-four-one, but it's back to four-two-three-one for me. Mo Lightner alongside Tribal or i I probably probably just about go with Tribal for our home game, thinking back to the Newcastle match when Tribal and Liner were really good, weren't they? And um, Otherwise, there's not much to change. You're not going to drop hooky, are you? No,
1: definitely not. But
0: I think Roberts
1: is an interesting one. If, if, it, if you were Farker and thinking, all right, let's throw the dice here, you'd start him on Friday. Because once the fans saw that team sheet, saw him starting, I feel like... The unknown, it would give them a Mm. bit of a lift and they'd think, okay, I mean, there'd be a hell of a lot of pressure on Roberts to deliver. Yeah. And if it backfired, then, yeah, fuck, is justified for not playing. But if he started and if he had, if he's got character and wants to prove himself and, I mean, it's not beyond the realms of possibility that he could win that game on his own, like, for a moment of magic and then suddenly the fans are on the side, his confidence is brimming. But, I don't see that happening but if I was Farker I'd roll the dice start him get the fans buzzing before the game get us typing away (laughs) getting the hype up and then hopefully he delivers but again we don't know what his character's like he he might not thrive under that pressure but a player I mean a player like Rooney for instance if he was uh, sort of young had been dropped for two months he'd be going in there wanting to prove himself wouldn't he?
0: Well, if you play two and a half seasons at Celtic, you you know how to deal with pressure, don't you? Yeah. What, Sixty thousand people. He's played in big games up there. I know they walk their way to the title every year, but it's not like playing at Wat- playing against Watford at carrow Road is. You know, a Champions League final at Wembley, is it? So, if he can't handle that, then he shouldn't be at the club. Frankly, he's not good enough for the Premier League, is he? So, it's going to be really interesting to see what happens. Um, the next stage of Norwich City's Premier League adventure: match week twelve, as the Premier League like to bill it, which sounds a bit American Nearly for my liking. Away. Nearly a third. Yeah, we're over the quarterway point, so. Um, a
1: couple of wins.
0: <laughs> a, a, a win in any way, if it goes in off someone's backside on Friday night, just to avoid another international break of doom and gloom. That's uh, that's got to be the the big thing. Getting a foothold in this season and going from there. Thanks for joining me, chaps. And um, we are going to crack on because we've got Q and A to do at Pinken um, every one o'clock on a Monday. Uh, if you don't, uh, if you haven't joined us before, then please do uh, stop by one Monday afternoon as Tony nearly falls off his chair. Um, but Thankfully, he's still standing. In. let's hope Norwich are still standing what will happen if, if Roberts
1: is in the team on Friday everyone will be falling off their chairs <laughs> <laughs> let's, let's hope <laughs> I'm
0: not sure if that was better than Hoover analogy or not but I think it's time to end the pod thanks for listening folks we'll catch up with you soon